I really believe it's in giving of your heart and giving of love and giving it your best, always. And you may, you may fail the target, but you keep moving it forward constantly, and it's all about the grit. Welcome to Radically Loved Radio. I am your host, Rosie Acosta, yoga teacher and teacher trainer, mindfulness coach, speaker, and creative writer. I am also the founder of radicallyloved.com, a website where you can go for more information about yoga, mindfulness, meditation, and lifestyle advice. On this podcast, we talk to people within our health and wellness community that are creating content through the ritualistic practice of yoga, meditation, or overall mindful living. We hope to create value in your life so that you can achieve your highest potential and live a radically loved life. To stay in touch with us, just follow me on Instagram and Twitter at Rosie Acosta and on Facebook at Radically Loved Rosie. You can sign up for our newsletter on radicallyloved.com to stay up to date on future workshops, retreats, and latest podcasts. What's up, fam? Who else has tried FabFitFun? If you don't already know about it, it's a seasonal box with full-size beauty, fitness, and lifestyle products. The box I received was so epic. Truth be told, I've been a subscriber for a long time, and when we partnered up, I totally fangirled out and admitted to them that I had been a subscriber for years. Each season's box features a variety of amazing quality brands like Tarte, Kate Somerville, Anthropology, Free People, Dr. Brandt, and that's just the beginning of it. So don't miss out because they sell out fast. Check out www.fabfitfun.com and use the code RADICAL. That's R-A-D-I-C-A-L. So you can save $10 off your first box, making it only $39.99. Again, that's fabfitfun.com and use the code RADICAL. You deserve to treat yourself. Today's guest is Gina Stryker, and when I say I am humbled to be in this woman's atmosphere and presence would be an understatement. She is one of my biggest inspirations, and she is a woman that is not only pioneering the food movement, but is also pioneering activism for women all over the world. She is the founder of Gina Cucina and is not only a renowned chef, she's also a champion of the real food movement. Gina Cucina is committed to lending their full efforts to build awareness to help end the greatest issue of our time, human trafficking. It is their obsession, period. They take these issues that people or we don't like to think about and puts them at the forefront to understand that there's children's lives at stake. It's not some other country's problem. It's happening here in America. 250,000 children are trafficked each year. And this has been Gina's passion. And I was so excited to have her on as a guest talking about not only her tenacity, her desire to thrive, but all of the reasons why she's motivated to do what she does. Here's Gina Stryker. One of the things that I found most moving, and I've obviously been familiar with your work and what you've been doing and the accolades you've received with all of the humanitarian work that you're putting out in the world. Um, but when you were speaking yesterday at the Lead with Love, uh, on the Lead with Love panel with Amanda was, um, it took me back to this place when I was uh, like six or seven, there was uh, this group of women that lived with this man and they were immigrants and he, one of them was his girlfriend or something. And I'm sure that there was some sort of, you know, some sort of like, um, power he had over these women because they were, they never, they wouldn't, they weren't allowed to speak to anybody. And, we just kind of knew them. We would say hi. And I remember my grandmother at one at one point went over there to like bring them food and stuff. Like my grandma would make tamales and stuff. And she she went over there one time. And I remember one night hearing screams that were so loud and so just so agonizing. And I remember um, 
you know, looking at like my family and, and, you know, my parents and being like, we need to call the police. Like, well, why isn't anybody doing anything else little, you know? Yeah. And I, I just, I remember just, you know, and, and nobody did, nobody called the cops, nobody called because that's just, you know, you're in an immigrant community, you know, the police will means that you'll be taken away. And so everyone was always in fear. And, um, I don't actually know. They ended up moving away. Um, and I don't know what ended up happening to them, but I did find out later that he was into trafficking women. And so I've actually never spoken to, I, I've said the story to, you know, pe- people that I closest to me that, that I know, but, um, when you were speaking about this to me, I'm just like, wow, this is something that nobody, not nobody taught people, people don't talk about it enough. I think that there's definitely uh, a way for us to elevate awareness with human trafficking. So I'm glad to have you on, obviously. <laughs> I, I, <laughs> I am full of gratitude to, to be on. So thank you very much. Um, it's interesting what you say, because you're right, people are afraid to discuss human trafficking because it's an ugly truth that happens in the United States. People like to think, oh, that happens in South America, or that happens in India, or that happens you know, in, in third world countries. But in reality, last year alone, in 2017, there were 250 to 300,000 American children, average age 12 to 14, that were trafficked. And um, my company, um, we have a program we called Kids Are Not For Sale. And we put it on every, we sell, we sell soup. Yeah. <laughs> so we put it on every jar of soup that we sell, sell rather. It's on the back label. And there's uh, information to, to go to our website and to look at what you can do. And one of the things that we, we say is if you see something, say something. And it's interesting what you said about they were never allowed to talk because we hand out these little brochures that, that talk about what to look for if, if someone is not in charge of their own money, if someone doesn't know really what their whereabouts are, if someone is not allowed to speak, something's wrong. If you ask someone, when was the last time you saw your mother? Something's wrong if they, if they can't answer that. And so you need to, um, what we work on is raising awareness around the cause of human trafficking. It is an issue in the United States. Mm. And until people are not afraid to speak about it, it will continue to be an issue. It is the largest growing, quickest growing criminal activity today. It's surpassed illegal arms sales, and it's well on its way to surpassing illegal drug sales because a victim who is trafficked can be trafficked 10, 15, 20 times a night, whereas drugs are trafficked once and they're gone. So it is, uh, we live in a time and place where the abundance that we have is in our, is in human life. And that's one of our greatest resources. And we have created a situation where, where everything is disposable. You know, I, I, you, you go to the store and you see a hundred different types of water bottles that you, plastic water bottles, you throw them away. And there are people out there who are not afraid to throw away human life, and they don't see value in it. Mm-hmm. Um, they they say that uh, today the average human life is worth ninety dollars, and and so people who are out there taking advantage, they they don't care about human life. It's like they drink their bottle of water and they toss it out the trash. They don't even recycle that. Mm-hmm. You know, so so. Human and the, the the younger, the more vulnerable they are, the more they can hold power over them and sway them to do what's needed of you know what they need to do. They make each child or victim that's trafficked in the United States is worth two hundred and fifty thousand dollars to the trafficker. So it's a it's a heinous crime. It's a crime that oftentimes, most times, goes unpunished, and so that's something that needs to change. We need to, A, raise the awareness, B, figure out how we can be more succinct in punishing not only the trafficker, but the end user, because there's no punishment for the end user. Um, Yeah, yeah, that's, and so just to, you know, I'd love to just hear a little bit more about how you became so passionate about this cause, because you are passionate about it. I mean, you know, this and making 
awesome soup, obviously. <laughs> um, but what what sort of ha- it was there an event that happened, or maybe that's something you've always been interested in um, bringing awareness to? How how did you come to find this to be your your passion? I remember something that happened when I was about 16. I was skip, I skipped school. <laughs> I went up to get a sandwich before track practice because I was a runner and I needed something to eat, right? <laughs> and, and the story is told to me. I don't recall it specifically, um, but a van followed me up Main Street. I lived in a tiny little town, population 724. I walked out the door and the van was standing there with the door open and the man started asking me questions. And I'm 16. I'm like, oh... La, 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 la. You know, I'm, I'm, I just start answering because I'm open, I'm naive, I'm in a little community. And all of a sudden I hear at the under, other end of the street, Dorazio, and I'm like, kind of look, and I'm like, there's my coach saying, get away from the car, come here. And at the time I didn't think much on that. But it wasn't, it was a short time later when there was a little girl that was taken. And it, she was much younger than I. And that van was the one thing that was the common ground. And so, as I said, I was 16, so I, was, I didn't have an awareness about myself. It wasn't only, it was later when I started to kind of piece it all together and think, oh my word. And then about five years ago at the Aspen Institute, an amazing human being who I hold so much respect for, her name is Monique Villa. She started the Trust Women Conference, and she was the head of the Thompson Reuters Foundation. And I heard her speak, and I was mesmerized by what she was talking about, and she was talking about modern-day slavery. And it was the first time I had heard about the issue of human trafficking. And I sat there, and I'm like, I I need to know more. And my girlfriend, who had heard her speak, uh, came to me and said, we're going to London. That conference is in London. And so we did. My husband, God bless him, he, <laughs> he bought us tickets and his mileage. We flew to London and we went to the conference. It was, and we were like these two moms in our, you know, in our, our country clothes amongst all these people who were out there speaking. And they were, you know, like uh, Mohammed Yunus, who's a Nobel Peace Prize winner. And uh, um, all these amazing human beings who were, combating on the front lines, combating human trafficking, not only that, but the victims of. And I knew then and there, my company was in its infancy. I knew that's what I was going to do. I knew that at that moment in time, I was taking on the cause because it exists in the, in the highways in the United States of America. It's, it's, they're trafficking children across borders from, from, you know, Colorado to Utah to, to Nevada to California and Atlanta and Florida. I mean, this is how they transport the kids is through traffic, through the, the highways. And so I'm having produce, tra- you know, driven to me by trucks. And then our, our, pro- our, our product goes out of Chalice, Idaho, my hometown, and is trucked to the, the distribution centers. So it was important to me to take a look at that and make sure that along the way, we were not being a part of the trafficking problem, that, that the, the ways that our, f- our food was traveling, mm-hmm. the way that our food was being delivered, the way that our food was being farmed wasn't, there was no trace of trafficking in it. And I became more and more passionate about it. I was, in, again, too two years ago invited to come to the trust conference as a delegate. And I went again and I sat there and I'm like, I've got to do more. I've got to do more. What, what more can I do to help eradicate this? Um, in 2016, I was fortunate. I won the, my company, we won the um, FedEx small business grant. Yes. And so that was, so we were like, yeah. it, it like, I hadn't sold at one store yet. <laughs> I, was still, I was like, you know, peddling soup out of the back of my car and, you know, in farmer's markets. And, and, and I'm like, wow, FedEx believes in me. I must be onto something, right? I was like, okay. So they flew myself and Cameron Miranda, who was my co-founder at the time, to, um, to Memphis. And I was a part of this amazing family there. And then I was invited to come speak at a conference that they did. And then they invited me to sit on the entrepreneur advisory board. And that was August of 2017. 
And the first one I went to, they said, okay. And they invited us back to say, okay, how can we help small businesses? What do we do? What can we do to help you? And so I raised my hand. I want to stop human trafficking. <laughs> they kind of looked at me and they laughed and like, that's great. We're talking about small businesses. And, and, and I explained myself and they listened. I said, you know, you guys, you have truckers on the front lines. All I'm asking is that we, you, we partner you with this organization called Truckers Against Trafficking and you have them teach your drivers how to spot human trafficking. And um, so with, with Truckers Against Trafficking, Candace Paris, and we, we came at it from every angle we could and we kept pursuing it. And at one point it was actually very funny because one of the members of FedEx that I'd been talking to and I'm bugging him, emailing him, calling him. And he was, I was not hearing back from him. I'm like, well, wait a minute. I have this really important thing I need to talk to you about. And he called me up finally and goes, um, I know we're going to do this. Did you realize it's hurricane season? I'm like, what's that got to do with human trafficking? <laughs> and he said, no, no, no. FedEx is first on the ground in any, any natural disaster. We fly in supplies. We fly in you know, toilet paper, diapers, medical supplies. And I'm in the middle of that right now. When it's done, we'll get back to you. And sure enough, in January 2018, FedEx announced their partnership with Truckers Against Trafficking and immediately started training their drivers. Within a very short time, um, they, one of their California drivers actually spotted something, called it in, and they saved a little girl. And she was 14. And if I've done nothing else, I have had a, I had a small part in saving that child's life and and you know i will I, i'm a chef as you know mm. i love cooking and i always cook way too much i'm told which is <laughs> you know it's part of who i am and i will continue to cook for the you know, duration of my life but what my hope is is that in five years or ten years when my my organization is large enough that i can step back all i want to do is figure out a way to combat human trafficking. Mm. You know, I jokingly tell everybody I my, you know, my password on my computer is and human trafficking 2018. So each year I change it and human trafficking 2019 and human trafficking. <laughs> so I have to I keep changing it because I'm so optimistic. I'm I'm like I'm going to do something this year. I'm going to do something this year and and um well now know, all our listeners know your password yeah Terry. i know everybody knows my <laughs> password now i may have to change it <laughs> it's so funny I'm, and everybody in my office laughs at me because they're like gina really can you come up with something i'm like no i want to say it every day and every time i have to sign into my computer i am reminded because my it shuts down like every three minutes right so yeah. if you're not working i am reminded why i'm here mm. i i have a purpose and i um <clears throat> You know, I'm, I'm, my, car, my company's a startup. We're five years old. I've, I've yet to take a paycheck. Um, but I have a voice. And I, I leverage what I can in every situation I can to raise awareness to this horrific scourge that is happening in our country. And, and, and I need people to know that it happens in our country. It happens in our backyard. Yeah, I think people associate trafficking or um, with other third world countries or places that, you know, it doesn't happen here. Mm -hmm. But so can you speak to to that a little bit more in regard to why we're not why? Why don't we see this on the news? Like, why don't we know more about it? I do think more and more that people are starting to. But I also think we live in a society that hides the worst of us. We, we don't want to see that. We don't want to believe this in our country, this, this, the land of the free and the brave, that people are selling children. And I mean, I know I don't want to, but I find if we don't talk about it, it, it perpetuates it. And I think that in the, in the oncoming years, as people start to realize, and I, and I mean within the next 12 months and the next you know 18 months and then in 24 months, it's becoming more and more, um, people are becoming more and more aware. There's a, an amazing uh, movie out there called I Am Jane Doe, which you can, you can watch it on Netflix. And it's survivors of trafficking speaking out about it and what, what happened to them. And they're, um, the woman who, who 
directed that movie, Mary Mazio. She's behind helping with the FOSTA-SESTA laws, and she's, you know, they help they help to stop Backpage, which was selling, you know, selling victims online, basically. So I think more and more um, it will it will come to the forefront. And but I do think. Um, you know, it's incumbent upon us who are who are less vulnerable, who have been given the grace of the lives that we live, to speak up and say something, to say, did you know? And just, you know, we, we everybody that we sell to Whole Foods and Costco and places and every truck that carries our stuff, we, we go to the people that we are partners and we say, this is what's going on in the world. We want you to be a partner with us in raising the awareness of this. So we speak to it and try to leverage it at every chance we get. Um, and as time goes on, you'll hear more and more about our partnerships as we solidify them. But it's, it's, it's you know, so I say, I make organic non-GMO, you know, seed to, self, seed to shelf soup with no added sugar and it's low sodium and it's really good for you. But what I really love is that we're working on combating human trafficking. So in every sales meeting I walk into, that's what I do. I feed them first. I'm like, try my food. Here I am. This is what I do. But let me tell you about this. And I do it at every meeting I go into. And as does the rest of my team, because it's that the people that are on my team Juan Carlos Duque and, and Rob Allen and Rebecca Argeros and Heidi Johnson and Jeremy Gracina and then Cameron Miranda, who's my co-founder, we all speak to it. It's what has brought us to the table of this company. Uh, we are mission-based first, and it's what gives us purpose and life. And, and every time I think it's a little hard, every time I think, oh my goodness, I just... I don't want them to make another kettle of soup. I really don't want to make 60 more gallons of soup. You know? I'm like, <laughs> you know what? I'm going to make 60 more gallons of soup because the more people that I can feed, the more people that can read the back of my jar, the larger platform I have with which to speak and, and work on eradicating it in any way and shape and form I can. The more people I touch, the more people I can talk to. Yeah. And I, and obviously for me, like this is, I, I want to support any way I can. I think it's incredible. And obviously you're one of my heroes. So <laughs> well. needless to say, um, one of the things that I I'd love to hear you, um, hear your, your take on is, um, you know, for, for a lot of women, especially now the, the paradigm's definitely sh changing with, you know, the, in, you know, light of the me too movement and women coming out as, um, uh, in their own sense of empowerment, speaking their truth. Um, in your life, has there been a moment or any moment where you felt like you couldn't do that? And if so, how did you manage to get out of it? Uh, I think as a woman, um, we grow up in fear. Like I can, I can ask my husband now, when you go to the store at night, do you sit in your car and look at your surroundings and check where you are, see where the lights are? Do you always park under the light? And then before you get out, do you make sure you have your keys in your hand and, and do, you, do you shut the door and make sure it's locked so that nobody can get in? I mean, we grow up kind of trained to protect ourselves at every turn. And I, um, you know, I can say that my, my, my husband doesn't do that. He goes to the morgue, he goes in, he's done, boom. But I think that there are many moments in my life where I felt I couldn't speak. And I think that's why I'm speaking now. Because I, I would say there have been occasions, you know, even in the last decade, where I felt um, I wasn't allowed to speak my truth. I wasn't allowed to speak up and say, but wait a minute, I, I disagree. Or wait a minute, that's not what I think. Or wait a minute, I want to do something different. And I'm 52. And I'm just learning to speak my truths. Um, the day before my 50th birthday, I'll never forget this. I had applied for a loan to buy my building where my office, you know, Gina Cucina is right now. 
And they called me to say, we got the loan for you. Great. We'll call you tomorrow with the details. And I'm like, okay, awesome. I called them on the day I turned 50 and they said, could you put your husband on the phone? And I went, my husband? His name was nowhere on any of the applications. I put, I did, it was all in the name of my business, Gina Cucina. His name was nowhere, but they wanted his permission to give me a loan because he was the breadwinner. Because for 10 years I had been raising our children and I didn't show an income. So that spoke volumes to me, and that was a turning point for me. And I said, you know what? Thank you. No, thank you. I don't want your money. And I walked away from it. And I found a bank to give me a loan based on me and my company and the promise of my company. And that is when I, I fully got my voice. It really is. It was my 50th birthday. I remember it so clearly, thinking... Because my first instinct was, oh, yeah, you can talk to my husband. Mm. And then I stopped and I got really, really angry. <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, you know what? No. No, I don't want your money. So, I mean, you asked me the question of, and I maybe took a long way of no, finding like it. the no, answer. But, but I was 50 years old. And they wanted the permission of my husband to give me a loan for my business. And his name was nowhere on any of the paperwork. Wow. Yeah. I, I, and I think that there's so much to say in that uh, as women, again, there's that conditioning, right? That we have where we feel like um, if our partner is a male and makes more money than us, then we feel somehow like we, even though raising children, I think is harder than Oh, yeah. Running a business. I'm sorry, but that's the truth. I mean, there's been studies that have yeah. shown that that. So, yeah, I mean, I, I my hope is that that continues to shift and, you know, it, that it we can utilize our voices, you know, in, in this generation. You know, you have a daughter and it's they they get to see who's sitting. She's right sitting here. right here. My beautiful daughter, Asha. <laughs> And, um, and I think that that's a beautiful thing. I think we definitely, we lead by example. Mm -hmm. um, as far as your, your journey and your path, you know, you've had um, other, an, other careers that you've, you've had, I'm sure, in your life. Um, and, you know, you, you're really passionate about this, this shift that you're trying to change in the world uh, with bringing awareness to human trafficking. Um, I'm curious that for you as, as a mother, uh, seeing the current state of, of the world and there being so much um, unhappiness and so much disconnection, um, obviously what you do, you're a chef, your job is to bring people together. Yes. So to me, it's like, normally I would ask a question about a spiritual practice, but to me, I, I see that, that that's that would be your spiritual practice. Um, but I'm curious to hear from you, like what your take is um, as a woman and as a mother, seeing what is happening right now in, in our, our communities. You know, it's interesting because my, my daughter who's 10, um, she said to my husband the other day, I don't want to move to a city, daddy. And because we had talked about moving to someplace a little bit bigger for high school. And he said, why? And she said, because I'm too scared of what could happen to me. And in that realization that my daughter feels scared and that we're still perpetuating that, um, there does have to be a shift. And I think one of the things that I say consistently in my business is that th there's many things that it goes back to, but my job is in feeding people well. I do believe that the better people eat, I think it shifts how they behave in the world. I mean, I, you go to a, a five-year-old birthday party and you see them eat pizza and Doritos and they act differently. They come home and you feed them well and it's a different child. Um, when my two oldest, Jane and Theo, were five, I invited the, the entire class out to cook a meal. We harvested from the garden. We were cooking a meal together. And... I held up a potato and I said, do you know that this is where French fries come from? 
And they're like, no, that's a dirt ball out of the ground. And I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, yeah, no, that's French fries are made from potatoes. <laughs> so, and then another one, we held up a beet. I'm like, and this is a beet. And they're like, ew, it smells like dirt. And we cut it open and we, we steamed it. And then they tasted it and it's really sweet. And so I think my job, because it's I, I play to my strengths, is to teach people how to feed themselves and their children better. If we start um, raising our children to value the the proper nutrition, I think that there will be a shift in consciousness because I, I, I do think it starts that small and that basic. The better you eat, the better you behave. I see it, I have four children, as, as you know, and, and I mean, all four of them from Jade and Theo, Asha, Treya, two sets of twins, mm -hmm. <laughs> they all behave in a different fashion when they've eaten well. And I think it's what I, I can do best and, and that and telling them to, to speak up, to speak their truth, to, to not be afraid to raise their hand and say, I have something to say and, and to know that they're, they're valued and that they're loved and that they're, they have worth in the world exactly as they are. They are whole and beautiful beings. And if they go out into the world and, and share their love and their hearts, then they'll find their happiness. You know, I say, you know, figure out what you love to do and figure out how to make a life out of it. Don't get a job. Find what you love and figure out how to make your life around that love. And that, I think, is um, what my gift is to, to the world, is, is to help my children find that. And then I think it perpetuates as it goes out. I mean, those same kids that were, were five, when they're now off in college. But like for their eighth grade graduation, they came to my house and they cooked an, the most amazing meal for their parents. And each one of them thanked me for because for every year of their life, they spent two or three days, you know, out of the school year at my house cooking. And then all their camping trips, I cooked for all the camping trips. And well, yeah, I mean, you cooked for all our trainings, you know, like, <laughs> yeah, that's I, right. This is what you do. Yeah. Um, yeah, that that to me is is. I mean, there's no better way to create a ripple effect in the world. You know, here we are at the Lead with Love conference, you know, and we've, we've seen so many incredibly powerful speakers and stories. Amazing. Um, what has stood out for you since we've been here? I'm curious about that. It's not one thing. What I have found every year I've come, I've always been like, it's always been frantic and it, there's so much going on but it's this gathering of like-minded people who are leading with their hearts and who truly want to make a difference in, I mean from from you know from Deepak Chopra to to Rod Stryker to Rosie Acosta oh. to, I mean from all walks and makes of life who do all sorts of different things but yet everybody is here for the same reason we want to figure out how we can make the world a better and more conscious and more loving place to live in. And they, and people show up and they bring their A game and they bring their hearts and they lay it out. I mean, we just listened to Lynn Twist <laughs> yes. and Sarah Vetter and I'm like, I want to, I want to, I want more time with them. Mm -hmm. Amazing human beings, amazing women out there doing what they can to make the world a better place. And that's what stands out for me each year I've come to this event. This is my third year. And each year I meet people that I truly, truly adore and, and learn from. And I'm full of, of gratitude to um, Gina Murdoch for making this event what it is. And um, I applaud her and her team and her efforts in bringing people together who do want to make a change, who want to shift you know, the culture of fear to love, which is, and was it Bob Chapman that said it the other day that you can't say love in the corporate world because oh, it's right. not, it was it here. Yeah, 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 he did. He did say it's that. It's like, but, but in reality, we have to. Love is not a four letter word. You know, it's, it's, it's how, it's like, um, they said it today from uh, me or you to me and you. You don't have to fail for me to succeed. 
and I don't have to fail for you to succeed. We can succeed together. together. Yeah. And I believe that. I've never been one to take one down. I'm, I'm, I've always believed in the more we lift each other up, the better we are. And, and I mean, I live by the motto of the more you give, the more you live. And I actually have a ratty old t-shirt I've had for a decade or more that's <laughs> falling apart, but it's my favorite one to sleep in every night. And I go to bed with that and I look at it, I'm like, that's right. What can I do for somebody else today? How can I give and make somebody else's life better today? And, and I do it almost to a fault, I must say. <laughs> no, I would say not. I would say that it's, it's, yeah. It's a, uh, it's very truly inspiring, and I, and I'm so happy to be able to share this time with you and to have this conversation because I, I really want our listeners and everybody out there who's listening to this to just hear that there are so many people like Gina out in the world doing such incredible work that that really needs more. Um, more of our energy and attention and celebration because the other thing too is if we spend too much time focusing on, on all the things that aren't happening right. we then forget to celebrate that one life that was saved that's, exactly you know out of california yeah um it, oh. it, it really is it's 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 baby steps it's one step at a time one foot in front of the other and um it's not all going to happen at once. It took a long time to get where we are today. It will take the same amount of time to walk it back. And, um, and it really is one at a time, yeah. you know, one at a time. So I have um, some standard, not standard. I don't <laughs> want to say it like that. Like they're not great questions. <laughs> um, but they are uh, questions that I like to ask um, people that come on, on the show. Mm -hmm. um, one of them is um, if there's any sort of like words of wisdom that you live by or if there's been an ongoing mantra that you've had your entire life or an undertone of some sort of fundamental belief that you've had that you still have today. I do. I, I So I... Um as a senior in high school was told I shouldn't further my education, that I was going to be a farmer's wife and pregnant. And so it's always been this, okay, um, watch me just watch. Cause I will always, I, I, it's that, that, that impetus of when you're told, no, you go the other direction, you work as hard. And I really believe it's in giving of your heart and giving of love and giving it your best always. And you may, you may, fail the target, but you keep moving it forward. You know, I, I, I constantly am, it's all about the grit and how many times I get back up. It's not about, I love my failures and I've had many failures. <laughs> and I, I, at times was too young to understand the benefit they are to me, but now I'm, you know, I'm 52 and I've got four kids and I have a startup and I can say, each one of them, each failure has led me to today and I can embrace them. And I look for the failures and I'm like, okay, where am I going to miss this one? Where am I going to miss the mark here? Because I know I'm going to learn. I know I'm going to find a different way to do this. So I think that, you know, when you're 20, 25, 30, your, your failures are like overwhelming and uh -huh. they can just crush you. But I challenge you, dig in. Take those failures and go, yeah, I love that. I just really goofed, you know? <laughs> but what can I do with that goof, you know? Yeah. Seriously. Yeah, I love that. Um, what does freedom mean to you? Oh, freedom is so many things. I mean, freedom means getting up in the morning and making breakfast for my kids and taking a slow, a slow path to it, not running out the door and... Freedom means, you know, being able to, to give and do back to the world without thought of um, how am I going to feed my kids? How am I going to do this? I want to, I want to be able to give um, my life of abundance and share it. And, um, you know, it's, it's in simple things, the laughter of my kids, you know, I, my, my, one of my older boys called me today, he's in school in DC and just 
hearing his voice, there was there's freedom in that because I know he's doing well and he's thriving. And all I can ever hope for is the happiness and of of my children and that they're, you know, that to me is freedom, that I've given them the tools they need to be in the world and that they're out doing the things that they need to and they love. Because all that I do, it still comes back to my my family, my husband, my kids. And um and I do do it for them. And 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 uh my youngest son said to me yesterday as we're driving home cuz he was there in the talk I gave and he ha- he and, and my daughter handed out all the brochures on kids are not for sale and he sat in the front seat and he's little, he's 10 and he wraps his arm around me and he goes, "Mama, you make me so proud." And I started crying. I'm like and it was just the two of us in the car. We were waiting for my husband and my daughter. And that's freedom, that I made my child proud and that he sees what I'm doing. And, um, and that's, my, that's a, a gift to me. And uh, I hope to always make them proud. And um, that's freedom. Dro- dropping Mike. <laughs> wisdom mic bombs over here (laughs) Gina Um, is there anything any advice that you can give I mean I feel like this entire talk you've really given us so many not only inspiration but so many tools and so many things to aspire to Um, for the people that listen to this podcast you know um, one of the things that I find that I get a lot of questions about is um, this idea of of feeling empowered or um, feeling um, feeling confident in their own abilities, right? So there's this again this this theme of uh, feeling like you have a voice and feeling like your voice matters. So if you had to give some advice to people out there who think that their voice doesn't matter, what would you say to them? I I think it would be similar to something I say to my kids. And I've said it once already is find what you love and speak to it. Find a way to live to it. It's um, every single voice matters. You know, it's, it's uh, Amanda whom I spoke with yesterday. She's one voice. Yet she changed the lives of 26 million people by the legislation and the laws that she wrote. And that's one voice. So everybody's voice matters, even when you you think it doesn't. When you're feeling those moments where you don't feel that you do matter or that you don't have the worth, find that one person in your life that you know loves you unconditionally and look them in the eye and let them tell you, I love you. And I think that love gives you the power to go out and say, you know, I'm loved. I have something to say, and this is what it is. Because I do believe if we feel loved, if, if we have confidence in that, it gives us more ability and freedom to speak and to stand up. And it only takes one person to love you, just one. I, I had a, an exchange with um, a dear friend of mine today, and we were asked what we were grateful for. And she said to me, I am grateful for having someone in my life whom I know loves me unconditionally in every aspect of me, and I can go to them in any moment. And that's what, it, that's what she was grateful for, that one person that she can turn to for anything. And my hope is that everybody has that one person. If you don't, please call me, mm-hmm. Gina at GinaCucina.com. Reach out to me, and I will look you in the eye and tell you why you are worthy and why you should speak your truth and why you have a voice that matters. Because I truly believe that everybody does, and I think everybody deserves the opportunity to speak to that. And I mean it. Gina at GinaCucina dot com (laughs) write me a note and i promise you i will answer 
um, I will, because I, I, I just, we all deserve the chance to stand up and speak out, everybody. Thank you for sharing that. Oh, I can sit here and talk to you all afternoon. Um, in fact, I feel like I've hung out with you this entire weekend. <laughs> I know, it's been fabulous. Amazing. <laughs> um, so one one final question mm-hmm. um, that I will ask you um, and it's regarding this particular platform. And I started Radically Loved um, from this idea that we are all radically loved by God, source, universe, whatever higher power of your understanding, that there is a current that holds this this earth, this planet, this, this community of people together, um, that we're loved, the universe works for us and not against us. For me, that was the underlying current that continued to fuel my commitment to my potential is just the knowing, right? Right. So the question is twofold. The first one is, how do you feel radically loved? And the second one is, what do you radically love? The second one is easy. <laughs> I radically love my husband, my children, my company, and my mission. I radically love the things that I'm doing in the world. Um, I'm extremely passionate about each and every one of them. Um, and how do I feel radically loved? It's the simple things. For me, it's, it's the simple actions of, um, you know, when when one of my children just wraps her arms around me, when one of my children, I mean, my, uh, <laughs> my son in, in DC called me and said, mama, I need a recipe. I'm cooking dinner every night. So he cooks dinner every Sunday for his flatmates. Oh my goodness. Cause he's the only one that knows how to cook. And I'm like, that made me feel radically loved that my child is out there cooking dinner for eight people that I don't know that he's been a taught. Or one of my, my team members, one of my you know, coworkers will call me and say, I just did this today towards our mission. You know, I'm like, yes, that's, that's amazing. I, thank you. you know, or you know, I feel radically loved in most moments because I, I, I've, you know, of course I have my ups and downs, but I have a, a life of abundance and a lot of gratitude in my heart. And... Um, so I radically love and I feel radically loved. And when I, when I radically love, it comes right back at me. And so it's, I think that, and that's one of the, what I, one of the many things I love about your podcast. When I heard the title, I'm like, yes, that is the perfect title. Because we all should be out in the world radically loving one another and what that's we right. do. That's how we shift culture. Yeah, that's right. And unconditionally, you can't put conditions on radical love. No, so. and radical. I mean the the radical rat the its root, right? It's the root. It is the root, and to me, it's like that's 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 life. You know, that's Indeed. what life is about. And so. Um, so for the people listening, where that well, obviously you've given us your email uh, address. So where can they go for more information about you or your cause and what you're doing? Where can we direct them to go? Um, GinaCucina.com. It's just G-I-N-A-C-U-C-I-N-A.com. Um, there's a mission page in there. It talks all about our mission. Um, if you want to be fed well, radically loved and well fed. You can order our products online and, and receive it and feel radically loved in your hearts. Yes. <laughs> the and first, in your tummy. Yeah. The first ingredient in all of our products is love. We actually had that on our first labels and got reprimanded for it <laughs> <laughs> by the FDA. So, so you, you, it's, they said it wasn't tangible. And I said, I beg to differ. Oh. I beg to differ. It is tangible. <laughs> so... So, um, yeah, just GinaCucina.com. It's a real um, simple and, and like I said, there's information there on our mission and how you can help and how to spot human trafficking and what you can do. And we ask that you please don't, do not um, confront the traffickers. If you, if you come and if you find yourself in a situation where you see it, call law enforcement. There's a, an 800 number on our website and there's also a, a PDF of a, a, one of our cards that talks about how to spot it what to do, who to call, so you can download it 
print it up and carry it in your pocket and, and uh, you'll have all that you need to know to be able to contact the hotline. And they guarantee they'll be there within 30 minutes of the call. Great. Yeah. And so for those of you listening, if you go to the show notes, if you click the info, all of the links that Gina talked about, including her email, will be on the show notes. Uh, so you can just go and click and get more information uh, right now. And uh, I do just want to take a moment to thank you, Gina, for all the work that you're doing, for all the lives you're impacting, um, not just with the incredible food that you make, but with um, your purpose, with your your this huge undertaking of impacting at a global scale. And I am so, like I said, I'm so inspired and I'm so grateful and I, I just, I feel like I, I can't thank you enough for everything that you're doing. Well, I thank you, A, for coming up and saying, I'm Rosie because I've been wanting to meet you for a long time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I'm so full of gratitude and for, for giving me the opportunity to talk about something I'm so passionate about. I really appreciate you taking the time and reaching out and, and, and sitting down with me. It's just... Um, it is what I'm here to do in this world is to speak to, to our mission and, and to feed people well. And, and thank you for the opportunity to talk about it. Thank you. You're amazing. As Will you me. come back? Anytime. Okay, <laughs> All right. Thank you thank, so much. Thank you. Powerful You is coming to Los Angeles. Finally, I'm so excited. This three-day transformative event brings world-renowned influencers, visionaries, and entrepreneurs directly to the LA area. So get ready, LA. And if you're not in LA, you must come. We've got some incredible people speaking, many who have been guests on this podcast. We've got Lisa Bilyeu, Lori Harder, Glennon Doyle, and... I get to be speaking at this event, which is still hard for me to believe. I'm so excited. It's May 17th through the 19th. Get your tickets at powerful-u.com or you can go to the show notes of this podcast and go directly to the link to get your tickets now. This event will sell out and I really hope that you treat yourself and get an opportunity to come to this amazing event. So I'll see you soon. Hey everyone, I hope you enjoyed this episode. I am so excited to continue to do this. Please share this with your friends. Email us, message us on Instagram at Rosie Acosta or on Twitter at Rosie Acosta. Subscribe on iTunes, write a review. We love doing this, so please help us continue to keep this podcast going. Thanks for listening.